2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is presented by Hummel Casino. Fun above all else. Well, indeed,
3: it is official. Juan Soto heads to the Yankees. Welcome in to Gwen and Chris. Tony Gwen, Jr., Chris Sello, Matt Scraby. We will get into the depths of this deal, but um, it finally went through last night sometime. Um and uh Juan Soto all of a sudden makes the Yankees look a lot more attractive. Um on the flip side of that, the Padres get some much needed pitching. Um and that is where we stand right now. I don't think this is a i i know that this is not a finished uh product by any means, but certainly the start of the offseason for the Padres, they address some needs. Trent Grisham also goes in that deal with Juan Soto. The Padres pick up one guy, three guys who have uh, had some, four guys. Excuse me, that have had some major league experience. Two of which got it last year. Uh, I think this deal is ultimately, um, at least on the Padres side, is highlighted uh, by King. They get the they get the young pitcher. No, well, not young, twenty eight, but young in, in innings at least. Coming off, uh, I think, which was his best season so far in a big league, showed he could pitch at a high level as a starter and as a reliever. Uh, the guess is that he plugs into that rotation right away. The rest of the names outside uh, of, of the backup catcher, I think, are a wait and see.
4: That's the only way you can look at it, Tony. Uh, and here's the thing for me. Number one, uh, I'm not going to talk about this trade at all from the Yankees' side. Why? Because everyone in the nation is talking about this from the Yankee side. It's as if the Padres don't exist here. I mean, no matter where you tune in right now, it is, well, what are the Yankees going to be like now that they have Juan Soto? Personally, I could give a frosty crank what the Yankees are going to look like right now. What I care about is what the this has left the Padres looking like. And, you know, as I said yesterday, I think it's there's no other way to say it's an incomplete Grade for me on the Padres. I mean, if, if Drew Thorpe is everything they think he's going to be, if Brito and Vasquez can give you help on this staff next season, if he uh, you know if Michael King turns in the kind of pitching that he turned in last year with the Yankees, Padres are going to crush the Yankees in this trade. I mean, you could end up with you know two starters, two relievers, and that could make you a contender in the National League West. I mean, uh, it, it can fill a lot of holes, and that's what the the whole idea of trading Juan Soto was in the first place, to fill a lot of holes. The Padres have apparently done that. But if, uh, if these guys come up short, then the Padres got got hosed here. You know, they gave away one of the best players in baseball and, you know, maybe got one pitcher back in return if the other guys don't work out. So we have to wait and see. Um, but one guy who loves this trade, and I'm not surprised that he loves it, Tony, is our guy Bradford Doolittle from ESPN+. Plus. Yeah, he's my guy. Yeah. He's my guy because I have to pay to read his stories on ESPN+. Plus. It uh, cost me ten dollars a month just to read what this guy has to say. but he is a he's a prospect guy. He loves prospects. There's certain people out there that just love prospects. They always think they're the greatest thing ever. So I'm not surprised that Bradford Doolittle gave the Yankees a B for this trade and gave the Padres an a minus. Yeah, he thinks the Padres won the trade. He thinks the Yankees gave up too much. And all we can do is sit back and wait and see if that's really true,
3: yeah, you got to have some um. You got to have the ability to see to have some like forward-looking. Does um, uh, you have to be forward-looking when you're looking at this deal as a whole? Because, yeah. uh, as Chris said, you don't know now. Hopefully, uh, we are trying to to hopefully connect with AJ Preller here um, before the end of the show. This man is is had a busy few days. He's flying back today if he lands and gets situated in time. We hope to have him on at 4 o'clock, but that is not a guarantee. And I know the one thing I'm going to ask him, because as you said, and rightfully so, because when the Padres sure enough traded for Juan Soto, nobody was talking about what the Nationals got in that deal. They were only talking about the Padres, and that's because they're getting the marquee player. In this case, the Padres are sending the marquee player to the Yankees of all teams, so you know that's going to be highlighted a little bit more. But I'm interested to hear from A.J. what it was about the four set of pitchers that he got or not the four set but the four, the four guys the four yeah. guys that he got um that makes him made him want to pull the trigger on this deal
4: yeah everybody's it, looking about at the yankees uh, and and why they wanted to pull the trigger i want to know why the padres yeah, wanted I mean, to make, you know pull the trigger it's easy
3: to see why the yankees wanted to pull the trigger yeah. this the padres side takes a little more in depth knowledge of these guys in particular to understand what the Padres were thinking. Because I heard A.J. speaking on this in the presser, I think right after the deal went through, said it was like 10 teams that were in on it, and then it got down to three serious uh, suitors at that point. And so clearly, even with the, the 10 down to three, the Yankees, at least from the Padres' standpoint, still had the best. They must deal. have been offering the most. So you yeah. know, we're, we'll get. Hopefully, we get a chance to 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 hear from AJ. If we don't have AJ today, I'm pretty sure we'll have him tomorrow yeah. at some point. So
4: yeah, make sure you're tuned in at four o'clock, just in case he lands and gets situated, and we're able to get him on today. But. uh you know, I'm going to ask him who the other two teams were and exactly what he was offered by the other two teams. I'm sure he'll be very forthcoming with that information, don't you think, Tony? That, that's
3: when A.J.'s real skill set. <laughs> oh, yes, Chris, I'd be player. happy to help you.
4: Yes. the. Uh, no, he's not going to tell us any of that, but it would be interesting to know you know, what else he was offered and why it is I, that he thinks the Yankees was, was the deal, uh, was the one.
3: The other thing um, that I think is important to, to acknowledge, and, and I think... Coach kind of hit on it on his way out, and that this is not a a finished product by any means. Necessary, I have no doubt. Oh, right, that that, no doubt, yeah, that AJ is still putting together. The 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 no nah, at this point he has his list of guys he wants to well, go after.
4: It's better not be a done deal right now because right now the Padres are, are fielding only two outfielders. You're, they you're, have Jose Azokar and Fernando Tatis Jr. And though both guys are fast, I don't think those two guys will be able to cover all the ground in the outfield.
1: <laughs> right, they're
4: definitely going to need a couple of outfielders somewhere along the line. Now, so yes, we know this is going to look completely different, and we know that AJ has a plan in mind, and this is this the centerpiece and the the first domino to exactly. fall. This
3: is the first domino fall. You already yeah. now are here, and we heard the, the the prospect of the the kid from Korea coming, the center fielder, uh, being on the Padres' list. Today I heard Harrison Bader as another one of those uh Now, he was with targets. the Yankees
4: at the end of last season. And they have, so have no need for him anymore. That's right. I'll tell you one thing just off the top. I like Harrison Bader. I do, too. If he came to this team, I'd be very happy about that he acquisition. Can, he
3: can. You talk, I mean, to me, it, it, when they were in the same league, mm-hmm. it was Trent. And Harrison Bader as the two best center fielders in that. You know who National knows League. Harrison
4: Bader pretty well, Mike Schilt. He does very well, right?
3: He does. Played in St. Louis, and, so. and he got he got some good work out of Harrison Bader. Yeah. in St. Louis, so um, the the Padres are, have a lot of work still to be done. But this is the first, as Chris said, first domino to fall. Um, and, and I and I went into uh, some of the things um, that the the Padres um, are getting back. In terms of the players, right? Uh, Velasquez, we saw him in the series against the Padres in New York. I think at that point, he might have been making his debut um, in terms of pitching at the big leagues, and he finished with some pretty good numbers. Now, uh, Michael King is the headliner of this deal. Now, he had come off some injuries, some elbow injuries, um, but last year really... You know, through the ball well. Uh, he's up in the high percentiles of a lot of the important categories. There's a guy who cut his ERA to 2.23 as a starter in his last 40 innings. Uh, and that erased some of the doubts that people had in terms of him being a starter. If you've seen this guy's stuff, he's got front-end stuff. Legit. Legit stuff. So right. um, he's the the centerpiece of this deal. The hope is, as Chris said, those other three pitchers that come behind them, um, whether it's Brito, Vasquez, whether, Thorpe, Thorpe anybody. anybody. Any of those guys. Um, Hopefully all of them. You're hoping that they live up to the ceiling that they have, because if that's the case, Padres will be sitting pretty pretty, sitting pretty nice, yeah. I should say. Yeah, they're going to win this trade deal.
4: going away, and it all depends on the uh, development of those three guys. I mean, you look at the Nationals on their side of the Juan Soto trade. C.J. Abrams has developed into a pretty good everyday shortstop. Mackenzie Gore, I think, is still an unfinished product as a pitcher. Robert Hassel has been a zip for the Nationals to this point. Uh Was it James Wood? Uh, I hear good things about James Wood, but I, I still gotcha haven't seen him zip. in the major leagues. Luke Voigt ended up staying and leaving. So, I mean, you know, the Nationals have gotten something back in that Juan Soto trade, but they haven't gotten full you know, contribution from the five guys that they got in that hall, and they haven't been able to move up in the standings either. The
3: other thing is is what it looks like for the two teams involved is going to be completely different, right? If Soto's on that team and they win a World Series in the next five years, the Yankees are going to feel like they won that deal. Yeah, that's and then, true. On the flip side of it, the Padres don't necessarily need to win a World Series this year in order to feel like they won that deal, but a couple years down the line, if all four of those pitchers are – Dudes who are productive on a on a team that gets to the World Series, guess what? They're gonna feel pretty good about yes, this deal. But I,
4: they're not all four gonna make it, right? I mean, the odds of that are are a little bit astronomical. Let's just hope that we get two or three of them. Let's hope Let's, that we wind up feeling good
3: about this. I wouldn't say that all four can't make it. Right? They maybe can. all four can't reach top star heights. Right, yeah. Right. right.
4: Maybe they can. But I, I here's the other part of this, and we're looking at who the Padres got. Let's also take a look at who they lost. And I know that, you know, you talk about Juan Soto. You love this guy. You understand, like everybody does, that he's a generational hitter. The numbers he put up are almost impossible for any one player to duplicate. But I am still going to stand firm in my belief that Juan Soto is not as good as the numbers suggest. And that, that's the only way I can put this. I, There's no way I can argue that statistically he's one of the best players we've had come along in a long time. So why
3: do you insist on I doing know. this all you're the time? Such
4: I'm, a, I'm confused. This is not you, right? Why not? Because, because I'm you're, not you're about, level-headed
1: about this stuff. I
4: am level-headed, but I'm not, I've never been a fan of Juan Soto's baseball attitude. And it's just something that I perceive watching him play. I believe uh, from my own perspective, nothing that I know in uh, an inside, you know, situation, just my own perspective. I feel like Juan Soto's about putting up big numbers and hoping those numbers help the team win, but I don't know that Juan Soto is about doing the things necessary to help your team win. He's a terrible base runner, he's not good defensively. I, I just, I'm not in love with him. I, I don't think we're going to miss him as much as a lot of people think we're going to miss him.
3: That's fine. You're not in love with him. But it, it has nothing to do with his baseball attitude uh, or, or whatever that crap, man. I don't know. I <laughs> I just, I, I look at a dude that is productive. And that's all you're asking your guys to do. Does he make some base running blunders? Yeah. But you know who else did? ha Kim. I don't see you saying his baseball attitude is not good, right? I not mean, a big fan. <laughs> of his base running attitude. Yes, you've mentioned that on a couple of occasions. All right, but ultimately, I, your point is taken. Maybe you don't feel like he is uh, conducive to winning baseball, but I don't know. It doesn't matter anymore. He's not on this squad. The Padres got what they wanted in return, and you know, I think in in some ways this had to happen, right? Because clearly, once you lose, you know, it's one thing to lose Blake Snell in free aging, which you I think you anticipated. But then you lose Nick Martinez, you lose Michael Walker, and you haven't lost him yet, per se. He's still available, but you assume if you didn't pick up the option, the number, based on what we've seen these other pitchers get, Michael Walker isn't due, due for a pay raise, quite frankly. Uh, Seth Lugo, same thing. Based on what we've seen some of the other pitchers get, uh, the Padres had to make a move, and this clearly fills some holes. I don't want to say holes. Some uh, a lack of depth that they've had in the past, and so um, we'll we'll find out more as the season comes and these guys we start to see these guys on an everyday basis. But um, this was this was ultimately needed. It seems like for the Padres. I
4: think there's before. one more thing to mention here because I think this is a telling comment from Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager. We talked about whether or not the Padres could get. Uh Dominguez, the great center fielder from the Yankees, Jason Dominguez, whether or not they w- had any interest in Anthony Volpe, which we didn't think was a great fit. Right. He's a shortstop. Right. The Padres already have a lot of shortstops. Uh, in the article that is written about this trade today, it says that keeping Dominguez and Volpe out of the trade was a priority for the Yankees. Yeah. But Cashman said, quote, it didn't stop them from asking. So they did. And I believe that they asked for. They had to ask for Dominguez. You had to. There's no way you you wouldn't be able to, uh, you know, look yourself in the mirror if you weren't trying to at least uh, finagle this guy. He's going to return from Tommy John surgery in June or July, and once he does, he'll probably go into center field and Aaron Judge and. John Carlos Stan will figure out, you know, who's going to be the DH. That's but,
3: that is the. That yeah, is, I mean, I
4: don't know where Trent Grisham's going to play with the Yankees. Honestly, I I know he's part of this trade, but well, I,
3: this is it. Almost seems like Trent is insurance policy, right? Because Dominguez yeah. had the UCL, so he's that's not right. going. Maybe that's what it he's is. not going to play at least outfield for not a little bit, a while. No, bit. I just that's that's a that's an interesting quote there from Cashman that yeah. it didn't stop them from asking. Yeah, and you start to wonder. Okay, they got five for one. You add a prospect like Dominguez in there, how how much does that lessen what you will be able to add to that at right. that point? Right.
4: I mean, if they would have given the Padres Dominguez, they probably could have kept Thorpe
3: and King. Right.
4: Or right. Thorpe or, you, or King. You, right, right. It, for sure. They it, wouldn't it, have had to put this many players in if Dominguez was going to the Padres. And how
3: many times in the last two seasons for the Padres, and we talked a little bit about this yesterday, Has have they needed to call someone up? And not, and they had somebody to come in and fill like a short term void, yeah. but they really never had anybody they could go to nah. that was like, oh, okay, this guy, he's a bona fide dude. Yeah, um, and it seems like they they got at least one of those guys in Thorpe, who was had was a, was a minor league player of the year in their organization, had a foot fourteen and two through uh, high A and double A last year.
4: No, oh, he was brilliant so last year. This is
3: a dude who struck out, I think. What was it? The, over a quarter of the guys he faced was something crazy that he had yeah. that number that he had. I mean, there.
4: the Padres didn't have a Thorpe last year. They had a Matt Waldron, they had a Drew Carlton, they had a Rh- Reese Kinnear, they had a Jackson Wolf. And they had guys that could come in and pitch some innings. Right. They didn't have anybody that could come in and star for them. And hopefully that'll be the case now.
3: All right. Uh, we got plenty more on this. Uh, John Boggs, the agent here, my agent, but certainly the one that's most popular here in San Diego, will join us uh, to talk a little bit about what winter meetings is like from an agent's side. We often uh, talk about it from the player's side, possibly from the GM side, but never really heard about it from the agent side. We'll get a chance to talk to him in the 2 o'clock hour. As we said, we are keeping our fingers crossed. We get a chance to have A.J. Preller on here at the end of the show. But it's a short show. Thursday night football is...
4: It's not uh, even worth mentioning, Patriots frankly. Patriots and Steelers. Oh. Yeah. Backup quarterback duel. Uh, Tony's soul just died a little bit, I believe. And yeah, it's not a game worth uh, changing little bit. The Patriots
3: are what, 3-9? and nine? No, no. I don't even
4: think. They're I think not they that good. Two. They're 2-10. Two <laughs> they're <laughs> they're, not.
3: Not. I, uh, they're uh, not that good. In our fantasy
4: league, I am um, thinking about making a crazy move because Ramondre Stevenson is out for the Patriots, and Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the guy so do I? I would have not Zeke? put him in. I do. I would not put him in. I've been told by all the fantasy experts to put him in. Well, put him in. Pittsburgh's got a great defense, and what do they have but to it's honor? Also, I believe the weather nothing. is going to be terrible they there. They have
3: nothing to honor. They have on nothing the to honor game. other than to stop <laughs>
4: Ezekiel Elliott. Where so, is the game? It's in Pittsburgh. I heard the weather was going to be uh, I'd be very hesitant to do that if yeah. I were you. But then again, I'm not in the playoffs, and you are. So you make your wow. own decision on also, that. Also, this
3: oh. is one of our tougher uh, slots right here. But you gotta stay tuned and listen to hear your name called at four fifteen, our biggest fan contest. For your chance to win a, a night in the Odyssey suite with friends, family, and the 97.3 hosts, we gotta get to break. It two nineteen. We are well past where we should t- where we should be. Morgan Gwen and Chris on the way.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional terms apply
2: this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today right,
4: we are off and running here on a uh, Thursday afternoon 225 is the time Uh, make sure you stay tuned 4 o'clock we're hoping to have AJ Preller on Uh, he's flying so uh, everything has to go right, and he has to get landed and settled. But uh, if we don't have him on today, we'll definitely have him tomorrow. But uh, make sure you're tuned in at 4 o'clock in case we get A.J. John Boggs, the uh, sports agent, uh, will be on uh, in about 15 minutes to talk about uh, that side of the uh, Juan Soto trade. Uh, we are headed towards Thursday Night Football. At 4.30, the NBA in-season tournament semifinals are underway. Tony, I know Scraby could care less, but I'm into it. And Milwaukee's leading I'm Indiana 19-14 to 14 in the first quarter. Lakers wow. play the Pelicans tonight for the other spot in the in-tournament championship. Two
3: things that Scraby loves most, the NBA in-tournament I know where you're going. and Mr. Um, gosh. Zion. Zion wins.
4: Yeah. yeah, they're both coming out tonight. Yeah. They'll both be in action tonight. The the in season tournament, let's be honest, if the Pacers were playing the Bucks right now and it was a regular December seventh game, there would be nobody who cared. No one. Now there's a lot you of people. You guys only who care. care because ESPN decided to air the game. No, we
3: care because What if ESPN ESPN airs games all the time. They don't you oh they do put the twenty five foot thing up there. That's yeah, pretty they, sweet.
4: I like all these analytics. They're starting to show on the screen. Uh, what
3: I I think what everybody is attached to is that these guys are playing this hard in December. December.
4: Yeah, they really are. These games They're getting get they paid, paid to play they hard. They get paid which all the time. Get all paid. Right, what do you care if they're getting paid? Watch the game if, you're en- if you enjoy no. it. Don't watch it if no. you don't enjoy oh, I don't. it. Ding. Yeah, I good. Then, I ding. Ding. then be quiet. You
3: brought me into the conversation. So sit down and be quiet. I didn't mean literally. Scraby.
4: <laughs> Scraby.
3: Sit. Stay. There you Get go. off our show!
1: To
4: both of you. All right. Uh, A.J. Preller was uh, interviewed last night, press conference, following the uh, uh, the trade being made official uh, with Juan Soto going to the Yankees, and I uh, thought we'd play a couple of quick clips from that. Uh, first was whether or not A.J. and the Padres offered Juan Soto a contract extension with the idea of keeping him here
5: nothing officially. I mean I know Peter was having conversation with Scott Morris, you know, same with myself. We never really got to the point where it was, hey this is this is the exact number, this is what it looks like, this is a back and forth from a negotiation standpoint. I think we had a general sense, you know, in terms of, you know, this is these are things that were important to want. I know Scott this, this off season it was more about, hey, Juan is, Juan is totally comfortable in San Diego, um, you know, in a, a one-year situation, he would be comfortable playing there, you know. So I think, we, you know, again, it wasn't like a concrete, hey, this is exactly what it is for us. But, you know, I think we understood kind of the dynamic. You know, a lot of players like to get to free agency, like to use that last year of, you know, as a five-plus season and get to that point kind of usually use it as a springboard to free agency. So, you know, ultimately we kind of weighed all of that out and decided to, to make the deal.
4: All right, Uh, you know Scott Boras all along made it sound like there was a really good chance that the Padres were going to pony up for Juan Soto, but I don't think there was ever a chance that that was going to happen. Based on all the reports we've heard that the Padres need to keep an eye on their salary, that didn't make any sense to me. So
3: I mean, I think I'm not surprised. The the one thing that to me, understanding how those type of deal work, those type of deals work, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Peter not being healthy certainly didn't help no any of that that was right? a big because part of it Agreed. that's who that conversation when you're talking about yes, that he kind would have of had money to
4: sign off on that that's one.
3: the kind that's who scott Boras is having probably direct conversations right. with in a normal circumstance but obviously this is nothing close to normal and yeah. um you know at that point you, you kind of as you said it be kind of writing becomes on the wall
4: I thought it was uh, one more thing from AJ Preller, and then uh, we'll make way for our visit with John Boggs coming up here shortly. Uh, AJ was talked about uh, after this trade. Now, uh, you know, are the Padres still contenders in his eyes?
5: Again, I think I think with with our club, you know, you look at a roster, and this is the conversation we've had in the room the last few days. You look at a roster, with Fernando Tatis, and Manny Machado. Um, and then, you know, again, like not just, you know, three, three players that, that are, you know, some of the top players in their positions in, in the game, Hugh Darvis, Joe Musgrove, um, you know, but again, guys like, you know, Jake Cronenworth and Hassan Kim. Um, and, then, and then I think the exciting part for us is like looking for some like, – this opens up some opportunity for some guys too that we, we feel highly about in our system. So, you know, a Jacob Marcy, a Jackson Merrill, um, some of the younger pitching. Um, you know those guys are gonna have to earn what they their opportunities, but you start to open up some spots for that group and have a little different blend. And you always need elite players, but I think we feel like you know some, some players coming through the system potentially the ability to go back on the free agent market or the trade market. And, and I think we feel like from a, from a pitching standpoint, we, we we're, we're gonna have a few guys in this deal that are gonna that are that are gonna be real performers for us this year um, on the mound. And you talked about Marcy, Do you look at him as a potential center fielder or more likely
4: a corner? if he makes the
5: club. Yeah, no, I think, you know, we're going to give him an opportunity to play center field. So, um, you know, we'll see. He's had, you know, half a season in A, The folly, hopefully, you know, help, help speed up his development. But, you know, I, I think the message to him will be come in and be ready to compete. You know, he'll, he'll definitely be one of the names on our board. Um, you know, and again, it'll be, you know, he has the ability to play all three spots, but I think the primary spot will be center field.
4: How would that be? Huh? Jacob Marcy is your center fielder. Who knows? I know a lot of people love this kid. Especially after what he uh, did in the Arizona Fall League, won the MVP award there. All right. uh, You know, it really does make things exciting. Uh, Soto's out, but who is going to be in? And I think that that is kind of what we're all going to wait back and uh, see how it all turns out. Uh, Gwyn and Chris underway for a Thursday, and uh, happy to be with you. You can also watch the program, uh, go to uh, YouTube and search for 97.3 The Fan. You can watch us on the stream, and you can watch us uh, as we interview John Boggs, the great sports agent. Should be very interesting conversation next on Gwyn and Chris.
3: 237 on the clock. Tony Gwynn Jr. Chris Ello, Matt Scravy, Chris Ello, you got a hoop game tonight. Crosstown Rival.
4: Uh, little uh, crosstown rivalry action at yeah. USD tonight. Aztecs, Toreros, women's basketball game.
3: Let's go Aztecs. Let's yeah.
4: Go they uh, five and four. Toreros are three and five. So both teams are trying to find their way. But uh, Always fun when those two play, so yeah. I'm looking forward to
3: that this evening. See if uh, looking forward to that a whole lot more than Thursday night football. Ugh. It's kind of easy to look much forward to yeah. some Aztecs Torreil. Although Terrell's the basketball. Monday night
4: game turned out between backup quarterbacks, and it turned into a pretty exciting game. It was a the backup Bengals doozy. And the, and the Jags tonight you got all of the to, backup cats. Yeah, who yeah. <laughs> <Not laughs> are the backup cats? Who is it? Zappy and Trubisky. Yes. Who's Trubisky
3: with now? Steelers. Steelers. Steelers.
4: Trubisky has really gotten bad. Like, I mean, some of the watching some of his play last week against the Cardinals, I, I don't know what this guy's been doing while he's been sitting on the bench, but it's not practicing quarterback. (laughs) Well, I mean, he has really fallen. I mean, this guy was a number two pick, number three pick. But to be fair, he had
3: no business being a number two or number three pick.
4: Well, that's not his fault. That's not his fault. No. Yeah, he's just that was just a terrible judgment by the Uh, brilliant. Geniuses that do these drafts just, because you know why Patrick Holmes drafted later. Yeah, that's right. I'm sure Mel Kiper was was, was all that behind that at the time. I I don't know. It was may that have been what? John. Was Fox. it It May was have the, been John the, Fox, the coach oh. of the
3: Bears at that time.
4: I bet it was. I, I you know the thing is that they probably listened to Mel Kiper, Todd McShay. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you got to draft this Trubisky guy. <laughs> What about Patrick Mahomes? Nah, just he was the product of a system at Texas Tech. You got to go with Trubisky. He's got the arm strength. He's got the you the know, intangibles. The intangibles. The measurables. <laughs>
3: Poor Mister. Bisc- I give
4: you Trubisky. will be better than Mahomes. He didn't
3: deserve this. Yeah.
4: Hey ESPN, give me a raise. I'm Mel Kuyper. I'm a genius.
3: Um, Please, I we'll I see. you know Mel Kuyper is is one of Chris's all time favorites. That's why. Um, <laughs> The other thing is, uh, I was I happened to see my phone go off on Twitter, and Big Worm Mass Mass gravy. did Tony Gwynn Jr. just compare Hassan Kim's defense to Soto's defense? Not no, even close. you were close.
4: comparing sp- uh, base, base running, running blunders base is what I was uh, yeah, actually was not comparing, not yes. defense. I'll we'll have to correct. go back and check the tape.
3: But no, it. don't go back and <laughs> check the You can go back tape. and check the tape. I <laughs> promise you I did compare those two. You did not. <laughs> uh, all right, let's bring our next guest on the line, a friend of mine's... Uh... I John Boggs, agent, super agent uh, here in San Diego, joins us. Just got back from the winter meetings. Um, John, how was your your stay at the winter meetings? Did you have a lot of fun?
1: Whoa, I don't know. That's a tough question to ask, uh, Tony. Um, I don't know if it was fun. It's always good to interact with people in that environment. But uh, if you ever want to have a winter meeting and uh, maybe avoid people, Nashville is the place because – they're still looking for people that are finding, trying to find their rooms at the opera Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Our own Sam Levin is one of, of those guys. guys. Uh, I tell you, you know, it's probably one of the most challenging uh, facilities uh, to try to conduct a meeting because the way things work is you're waiting to get a call for a meeting and you better have it plotted out where it is because you're going to have to follow Lewis and Clark, and find the meeting room because <laughs> all you do is when you bump into something, Hey, how, how's it going to, for you? The, the response is always, I don't know, but this hotel is insane. I, you know, it took me 20 minutes to get to my room and it's, it's just, just that way. So fun. I, yeah, I guess it is. I mean, it's always fun when you see uh, people that you uh, haven't seen in a while or are you, you're putting a, a new face with a, a, a name and those type of things. But uh I don't know. I don't know on a list of
3: fun tea. I don't know where we're at. <laughs> I See, for those who don't know, I know John is not telling the truth right now. He did not have fun <laughs> down at the winter meetings. He very rarely does. But I do want to ask you this, John, because oftentimes we focus on, you know, what the players have to do, and, and we often are focused on what the GMs are going to do. But I, I would imagine even before you get to the winter meetings, there's a, a lot of planning out in terms of what you want to get done come winter meeting time
1: oh absolutely and it really starts with the gm meetings the gm meetings are really the precursor to the winter meetings and that's where you start laying the groundwork it just evolves a little bit further at the winter meetings it used to be the winter meetings were right when you really made a big push because you'll walk into a room and there'll be 10 guys from the club and it'll be you and whatever your you know army of uh of your agency is you know uh, dissecting the player and going from there, but the GM meetings start the whole process going as to what teams have interest, and then it will evolve to you know depending on uh, where uh, or where your player is in their pecking order and when they want to address it. It seems more and more now. It's always a, a you know very interesting to see. Uh, how the winter meetings will go or not go because sometimes they go quickly and there's a ton of signings. You know, people are running back and forth. And then other times, there's just a few signings. And then the action is right after it. Next week, you'll probably see a lot of action on some things because, again, between, you know, chewing over a player and his qualities uh, uh, starting at the GM meetings and then really, you know, compounding it at the winter meetings, there's gotta be a decision made at some point. And depending on the player, depending on the m- uh, amount of teams interested, and depending on the timeline that the player has and the clubs have, hopefully you have you have a union there and you get a signing. Some guys like to drag it along, but it seems more and more now, people wanna get the business done and they want to get down to it. So they they don't have a lot of intrigue going into December. And my gosh, when you get into January, that's when players start to panic a little because, uh, you know, in this day and age, if you're waiting long enough, you might find a club that would, might like you, but they don't have the money they did initially because mm-hmm. they spent it on somebody else. So it's a, real, it's a real Russian roulette game that you're playing, and you have to have a pretty good feel for it. And sometimes it's not that easy to get a feel for it because as you're trying to promote your player, there's other agents that are basically trying to sell their player there's maybe a lot of the same clubs that you've been talking to. And so you have to know your free agents. You have to know where there's a fit. You have to get a feel for what these, uh, you know, clubs are looking for. And hopefully they start giving you some kind of inclination that, yeah, you're our guy and let's, you know, progress this and let's let it go. But, again, if you don't have uh, the heat that you're looking for, sometimes you kind of back off a little because the last thing you want when you start getting offers – those offers don't lay around for weeks and months. There's a fuse on them, and then you have to dig down deep and uh, either get the deal done or try to basically moonwalk away and keep your distance until you start getting a little little more teams involved, and then you can start highlighting the team that is the best fit for your player.
4: John, I've always been curious uh when you hear a uh, you know reports that say the Padres are going to cut payroll this year, they're going to slash it down. A uh, do you believe that? B do you ever believe it when a team starts telling you that we just don't have the same money that we had before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I imagine they, you hear that let, quite yeah. often. You know, John, we just don't have the same money for your client that we had before
1: that's oh boy and i've heard that a few times and the thing about it is then you'd love to dial them back but it's a waste of time when they go out and then they spend a boatload on somebody and said oh do so i get it i get it i you know don't have to you know try to figure it out too much longer you valued the other player more than you valued my play but they're never going to give that indication they're going to try to keep you in limbo until they actually have to pull the trigger and the other thing is hey we've got a money crunch and then uh you believe it when you either start seeing signs of it happening and you still don't really know definitively because they have their game plan which you have you you're not even you're playing you're you're playing you know like you're you're reading braille because until they start showing signs meaning they're starting to release guys uh you know they're starting to trade guys and trade that salary and get that salary off the docket then it starts gaining more credibility, you know, and it's 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 a, a crazy situation. I had one player; I won't name names, but I had one player that uh, it was a pretty pretty good name, and uh, and he did get the qualifying offer. And yet, what we were offer what we were saying is we wanted more than the qualifying offer. And every team said to me, "What are you out of your mind?" you know, you're asking for more than the qualifying offer. Why did that initial team give your guy the qualifying offer? Well, at that point in time, I realized there were some financial issues with the club, and that's mm. what I said. And, uh, and they said, oh, baloney. Oh, that's not true. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. And then you just have to hold your guns. And sure enough, we got uh, above the qualifying offer, and it seems like it's a good day. But then the next thing that hit is uh, COVID. And mm. I found out there's no such thing as a real guaranteed contract. So, <laughs> you know, that's when you start, you know, gaining a lot of experience where you think you've had a lot of experience is always something that reminds you that you don't have all the knowledge you think you have because extenuating circumstances start changing your perspective.
3: John Boggs joins us here on Gwen and Chris, one of the fine agents in Major League Baseball. And, and John, you, you had a client early um, that signed early in Pierce, oh, yeah. in Pierce Johnson. How does those deals come about? Because it seems like the Atlanta Braves in particular have done this the last couple of years where as soon as free agent starts, they get their guy before anybody else signs it. What type of thing goes on in terms of getting one of those early deal done?
1: Well, it's probably one of the most difficult situations in the world because, number one, you're there to get what your player wants. And very early on, Pierce absolutely loved the Braves organization. And, uh, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is one of the most uh, aggressive GMs uh, that you could ever, you know, encounter. But he knows who he wants, and he wants to go after. Now, two things can happen. A player uh, such as Pierce, who obviously had 20B free agency, he could have definitely be a free agent, uh, wants to test the market. And I'm sure, you know, which Alex did, saying, that's perfectly fine. I just just can't guarantee we're going to be there, Mm. uh, you know, if you sit and vet out the marketplace. So, you know, the player then, you know, you have to decide, he has to decide, does he want to roll the dice? Or does he get something done with the club? And the Braves, they have a tremendous track record. I don't know what they're doing there in Atlanta, but uh, guys that play there never want to leave. They absolutely love it. Would rather take uh, less than go someplace else and be less happy. And when Pierce made the transition from the Rockies to the Braves, everything Ooh. just came into uh, t- just came into perspective, and he absolutely uh really loved uh his experience there i mean down to the point where you know the catchers i mean uh, you know i was saying hey your your walk ratio went down oh my god throwing the catchers there i was like i don't even know you you don't realize how much uh, another position affects your position and if you have a real good catcher uh that can make all the difference to the world and apparently it did but the way the club treated the you know the players the family that becomes the totality of what they're doing, making their decision. And trust me, uh, you know, my son Steve works with me after I kept on telling Pierce, well, Pierce, you know, we don't really have to go into this. Remember, you can you can test the free agent market, you know, to the point where Steve finally said, hey, are we trying to talk him out of this? Or are we trying <laughs> to, you know, you know, get to that point? And he really had a point. He said, am I trying to drive doubt into my client? No. Pierce is a smart young man and he knows what he wants and I was just you know trying to at least remind him that uh, we don't have to be pressured at anything and yet it wasn't a pressure for him because he told me from the get-go that that's really you know uh, where he wanted to be and I guess you could say we executed that and uh, hopefully that turns into uh, some great years in Atlanta and he's on to bigger and better things and who knows he might stay in Atlanta but I mean, as we're going through that process, I reached out to many people and say, hey, man, <laughs> if your player likes it, there is, is probably a slim chance you'll ever go to free agency because they have a knack of really, uh, you know, embracing themselves to the players and the players really enjoy, uh, you know, what they're all about, you know, and uh, they're a fine organization and they're a winning organization. And with that combination where you know you're going to be in the hunt and you know you enjoy being there. Yeah, uh, that's a combination that is tough to beat, especially in, in this day and age.
4: Yeah, I can't imagine uh, leaving the Rockies <laughs> uh, was really difficult for anybody, uh, John. Uh, real quick, what's happening with Shohei Otani right now, and and how is it going to play out over the next whatever few days? I mean, from your experience uh, on the agent side, I mean, how are they going to finish this thing off? Whoever well, finishes I can't it, it off.
1: Because- Yeah, I've never had uh, a a client that, uh, you know, they can't reveal their dog's name. And uh, (laughs) uh, I I don't know. I mean, I I might have to be re-educated, you know, having a client like Shohei Otani. But uh, I guess different things happen when you have that uh, preeminent uh, of a free agent that is uh, really uh, the the, the hottest ticket there and the most unique player. I think what's going through his uh, agent's mind is, to make sure that uh, his player is happy. He's getting the best deal he can in the particular city that he wants to play in because that is so important. I mean, a lot of times in this game, you will sit there and, you know, you might be playing in a city you're not fond of and you're not winning, but it's the only place you know and you don't know any better. So when you start venturing out, you've got to make sure – that that player has had an experience, and fortunately, Otani, at least in the American League, he's you know has a pretty good idea of the cities he's visited and where he likes and what he likes and all those things. But it's getting those offers together and putting them down, and then going through the pros and cons of everything, and hopefully making the right decision. But it's it's almost like which lottery ticket do you want to pick, right? Because he's not going to be undercompensated, and now you just have to find out if you gel with their. Uh, plan for him and how they're going to orchestrate him, how they're going to use him. If he doesn't pitch next year, is he going to pitch again? Does he want to pitch again? Is he going to be one dimensional or have the ability to, you know, uh, pitch and be, uh, uh, you know, be able to hit. Those are all variables that, uh, you know, I'm sure they're going through at this time as they're starting to go through um, the different offers that are coming in. And I mean, If you ever want uh, to be part of a wonderful uh, experience, I can only imagine, okay, you want X number of dollars here or do you want X number of dollars there? I mean, at some point, the the money might be slightly fungible, but I think the emphasis is going to be where can you play, how important is it that you're going to win, are you the person that they're going to build something around if they don't already have a strategy to win, what are those variables? And only they know and uh the clandestine way of, you know, um trying not to reveal uh places he's visited or whatever and keeping everybody in the dark. I don't know. I I i, I to me I would rather apply myself my skullduggery in other places, but I mean, who cares if I went here or went there whenever everybody kinda knows the right. general group of teams that are there, so I guess everybody is left to, to their own uh you know, I guess, stories about where, you know, somebody might go. But I guess that creates the uh, the drum roll until the final decision because uh, you kind of know what teams are going to be able to afford them. You kind of know that, you know, what vicinity, you kind of know he probably wants to be more west. I mean, uh, is it, uh, you know, higher up in the northwest? Is it uh, Southern Cal? Uh, where might it be and who can afford him? Who has a chance to win, which will further, you know, I think uh, enhance the ability yeah. to play for uh, certain teams. What are the variables and what is the pecking order? I have no idea and I think that's the part that really starts all the banter of the conversations and which makes, uh, you know, uh, the, the Hot Stove League uh, something that uh, keeps it burning and keeps the conversation going and then the next thing is, uh, you know, he'll sign and then that'll be old news and It'll be, okay, who's left on the docket and how can they improve the remaining teams that uh, are looking for certain players for certain positions.
3: No doubt about it. And I imagine with a show, hey, it's, it's a little different than other players because there's sponsors and all types of things that are jumping in on this uh, shitty sign. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have to sit back and wait. John, JB, as always, man, appreciate you coming on, spending some time. Get some rest. I know uh, Nashville <laughs> took a lot out of you there, buddy. <laughs>
4: while he was busy hey, looking for uh, his room the whole time yeah Where know,
1: i tell you I, I i now i've gotten smarter over the years chris i leave breadcrumbs and they, they you know Good the only problem i have is they have a if they have an effective uh cleaning crew it's gone the next day so, you know, i gotta figure a different way i gotta drag a magic marker wherever i walk and then mark the spots so Indeed. no i appreciate it very much i love being on the show you guys do a great job and uh